Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Golden Beach Podcast. This is the Maundy Thursday episode and this is the Holy Week. This is kind of the the last part of the Holy Week. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday and of course we celebrate that commemorating Jesus' triumphal entry into the city where those who gathered, who had heard about him, who had maybe even heard him in person, were waving palm branches, laying their cloaks on the road, saying, Hosanna, and welcoming to their city. And as time went on during this this period this week, we get to a point in time where Jesus had gathered his disciples in the upper room, where he had made preparations for this meal, became known as the Last Supper. Of course, that's not what it was known at the time. And... People often ask, what is Maundy Thursday? Well, first of all, it's spelled M-A-U-N-D-Y, Maundy. And it's from the same Latin word that brings us mandate or commandment. And we're going to get to that in a minute, exactly what this commandment is. But as Jesus gathered with these disciples, there were several things that happened during this this, uh, meal, this interaction. And we're going to go over just a few of them and uh, reflect a little more tomorrow on the podcast where we talk about Good Friday. And of course, this all culminates to some degree on Resurrection Sunday. Even though I say culminate, it's really not the end. It's really the beginning of all the wonderful things that, that have happened since then. For reference, I'm going to be using quite a bit of scripture. These were eyewitness accounts from the disciples. These uh, accounts can be found in Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 29. Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 25. Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 38. And John 13. The Apostle Paul also makes kind of an abbreviated uh, reference to the the Last Supper or to the the part that we celebrate as communion in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty five and if you were to read that you'll find the familiar words that we speak when we take communion as a congregation. Uh, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to be reading from Luke twenty two seven through thirty eight, and uh, this is from the NIV, and this is where we find the Last Supper, starting at verse seven. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. 
The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, this is the version from Luke, but Matthew and Mark's accounts both share uh, a, a final statement. They say, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, I love that because here's Jesus with his disciples. He is praying. He's giving thanks. Now, this is the Son of God. And if he needs to pray and if he needs to give thanks, how much more do we? And and they he did what we're all commanded to do. And that's at this time, they, they worship. They sung a hymn together, says, before they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, I'm going to jump back to John 13 because this shares a very important part that illustrates what Jesus was saying about serving. So this is uh, starting at verse 1 of John 13. It says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew he was who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me Lord and teacher, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. We're now at verse 18. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fill this passage of scripture. He's quoting here. He who shares my bread has turned against me. Now I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. 
After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and asked, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give the piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as Jesus, Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. We're now at verse 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this obviously is the covenant, the, the mandate that makes us the Maundy Thursday. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Simon Peter asked him, he said, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where, am I where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. In John 14, he, just, he comforts his disciples. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip answered, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, he adds, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. 
The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, this is not Judas Iscariot, but Judas said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us, not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, he says, let us leave. Friends, there's so much in these verses. I know I read for, for quite a few minutes here, but if you look back on this story, of Jesus. And, and one of the first things you hear is how he says it is his commandment to love one another. You hear him say that we must serve. He must serve and we must follow his example. And if you've heard my messages before, you often heard me share how, the, how this meal went down, that they were reclining at this table. And I don't mean reclining in a, a lazy bit lazy boy chair. They were, they were propped up on an elbow with their feet at the person's face next to them. And because of the the environment and the clothing they wore, the, the, the feet were the dirtiest part of the body. You know, you heard reference to to that in Peter's conversation with Jesus. And so it was the job of the lowliest servant to wash the feet of all the guests. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And it is not by chance that is after the Spirit came on him and Jesus was given all authority and it was revealed to him who he was and what he was to do. He had all this power and what does he do with it? He serves. He takes the role of the most lowly servant's job and he demonstrates that to his disciples. And he says, do this. This is what I'm talking about. Not just literally do this, but I want you to not consider yourself above anybody else, but to serve them. And we hear all kinds of other nuggets in here. We know that, that Judas would be betray him and we, it's revealed that Jesus knows that it is him that does that. And you even hear a little infighting among the disciples saying, who is the greatest? Who is the, the most loved? Right? Isn't that just our human nature to be com competitive? Here we are in the, the presence of greatness and, and we want to know who's, who's number two. And because of that, they missed some of the most important things that, that he could have said. And, and he was talking about leaving them. It almost missed them. 
you know, what he was saying, that he would be leaving them. They, they didn't realize at that moment that he was predicting his own betrayal and death, which would be happening, you know, just a, a day or two later. Even Peter, the one that says, I would lay my life down from you. And Jesus says, would you really, Peter? Before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me three times, sorry. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And that's exactly what happens. And we'll look at that in tomorrow's message on, on Good Friday. Friends, Jesus calls us to be uh, loving, loyal, obedient, and, and faithful. But in tough times, you know, even the men that were right there with him that knew who he was and, and walked with him and talked with him and saw what he did and, and knew who he was in person, still denied when the pressure was on. But we do find relief when Jesus says, I am, I'm leaving soon, but you will see me again. And where I'm going, you can't go with me now, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring you to me. And I will prepare this place. And I love this. He says, I'm going to ask the Father to send a helper in my place. The Holy Spirit, which will continue his work. This Holy Spirit, which will dwell within you. The Spirit of truth. I love that. Friends, as we recognize this Maundy Thursday, whether you're at home or, or out running around or whatever you do, I hope you take a few minutes to, to pause and really ponder what happened this night. You know, it was just a few short days ago that Jesus had come to town and people were waving branches and saying, Hosanna, hallelujah, you know, the, the, here comes our Savior. Here comes this wonderful man that is that has come to, to lead and teach and all that. And and everything turns in just a few days. And it's at this pivotal moment of this dinner when Jesus says with his disciples and says, I'm leaving you soon, but there's a plan. I'm sending someone back. And you can pray to the Father in my name. Ask the Father in my name. And so much is established in this meal. As I conclude now, I just want you to take a special moment to, to remember the power of this day, of this moment in, in history. It truly is history. And as we continue our walk towards the cross, we celebrated Palm Sunday on Easter, and we're, we're recognizing Monday, Thursday, tonight, and, and uh, hopefully you'll take communion as a part of your worship service on, on Easter Sunday. And know that tomorrow is Good Friday, this this good day that just doesn't seem to us like it would be that good of a day. He's betrayed, he's charged and killed, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm going to end with just a word of prayer. Father God, this holy week, this holy week that we focus on you, if it weren't for the power of the events of this week that lead up to the crucifixion and the resurrection, nothing else in life would matter. There would be no hope for salvation. There would be such an overwhelming struggle to have a relationship with you. But you made a way. You couldn't become like us by, by defiling yourself and, and for, you know, forgoing your holiness. So you had to make us more like you. And the only way you could do that was to provide a pure, sinless sacrifice by way of your own son. Lord God, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for this opportunity 
to ask for forgiveness. And with each painful nail driven into the hands and feet of your son that represent all of our sins, even thousands of years later, we thank you for that wonderful, generous, gracious gift that gives us hope. Lord, may we remember in our heart of hearts what it means to serve. And as we just conclude with just listening to a a special song about an invitation to this kind of table, friends, I hope that you will find grace and power and mercy and encouragement in the words. Amen.